everyone. My name is Dr. April Jasper, and I am pleased to host today's podcast and continue my conversation with Dr. Amanda Nanasi on how and when to set patient expectations with multifocal contact lenses. This podcast is sponsored by Alcon, and Dr. Nanasi has received compensation for her participation. Amanda, it's great to be back with you. Great to be here, April. So, you know, I have learned over time, and I know you and I have talked about this with each other before, that my success and my patient satisfaction has a lot to do with setting expectations with multifocal contacts. Can you tell us, Amanda, what are some of the things you've learned over time, and uh, how can you share those with others to help others to be able to kind of do better with what they're doing, setting expectations? Absolutely. I would be happy to. So some of the key things for me is, uh, one, I need to make sure that my patient is on board with trying new things. Um, it's one of the things in in my practice that I really strive to, to keep the patients aware that, you know, it would be really easy for me to just fit them in the same thing that they've been in. But for whatever reason, you know, um, connecting the dots, you know, if they have, have a chief complaint about um, something that they are hoping could be better with their contact lenses, that's the reason that we're trying new things. And I have to let them know that it's a process and make sure that they're on board and they know what to expect and that they're excited about it. Um, it just makes the whole process that much better. Um, and, and again, I, I said chief complaint, but a lot of times it's not going to be their chief complaint, right? It's that they might mention that they have some eye strain at the end of the day, and then I let them know that we have something that might be able to help with that. And for that reason, we're going to go through this process. Or um, maybe, maybe you know, I pick up that they don't like wearing their glasses. Maybe they don't like wearing glasses at all. Maybe they don't like having to wear readers. And, and again, just connecting that, you know, the whole why behind the need and letting them know that this is the reason we're going through the process and, and we're doing it as a team. So another group of patients I know that you and I have talked about before, Amanda, are those presbyopes that have dropped out of contacts and are always interested in going back. You know, it's a it's a segment of our patient base that, like you said, don't always just come in and say, I used to wear lenses, I don't now, and I really want them again. So knowing that, how do you start with those patients? What is your thought process and kind of how, what kind of conversations do you have with them? So uh, I always uh, talk about how multifocal contacts are going to be, one, different than their progressives because that's something that um, a lot of people, once they get to that point where they've dropped out of contacts because they, they have to wear the full-time pair of glasses and, um, you know, as much as I'd love to say that all my patients do amazing and they're progressives, it's, it's a hurdle for a lot of people. So I'm always... Um, really clear to educate them on how it's a little bit different um, and in difference in good ways that they're going to instantly love that they can look anywhere they want to look you know if they're if they're laying in bed watching tv they're not going to have that issue that they have with their glasses on um, but also letting them know that there is going to be that adjustment period where when you put on your glasses you instantly see you know clearly through the distance right away where they're going to have to get used to the lenses and, and just explaining, um, even though it's a different process, there's a reason why we're going this route and I think it's going to be better for them in the long run. And of course it's going to give them their, 
their main goal of not needing to wear glasses anymore, at least most of the day, and um, and gets them back in the context that they probably thought that they weren't candidates for anymore. I think really what you're saying and what we've uh, said before, too, is how important it is to start that conversation early so they know what to expect. But now let's switch to talking about what do we say to set expectations during the fitting process? Do you ever talk about lighting? And, and if you do, what do you say to help patients understand how it will make a difference? So I think that's a really great question. I'm glad you brought up that point. Uh, as any optometrist knows, if we're talking about near vision demands, if you swing that lamp, that stand lamp in front of them, they're obviously going to see a lot better up close. And that's already a part of our routine as lighting helps you to see better up close. But when we're dealing with a contact with a near center design, we need to think about the implications if they go outside in the bright sunshine at my Florida office their distance might not be as sharp as if they wore a pair of sunglasses. And um, that's important for me for two reasons. One is because I want them to have the best uh, experience that first week and know that wearing sunglasses will improve their vision. I also uh, would love to sell them a pair of sunglasses. And if I'm dealing with a patient, especially that has been wearing, you know, regular prescription glasses and hasn't been in contact for a long time, they're going to be super excited to go out and buy a pair of sunglasses. I love it. That's perfect. You know, and it really does make a difference. I think that people want to know, number one, and, and they want to know that they can do everything possible to make this the best experience for them. What about... Let's let's talk a little bit about the fact that we want to explain to them that this may not be the same as glasses, but not be negative at the same time. So how do you set their expectations as far as what multifocal contact lenses can do to meet their visual needs? Right. So I love how you said not being negative. And you have to think that we're really feeding to the patient, you know, the, the feelings that that they're going to kind of give back to us. And uh, I hate saying, you know, you're going to compromise and give and take and all those things that a lot of us, you know, we would we would use those words setting up a multifocal fit because you're, I think our goal with that is just to not overpromise. But you don't have to overpromise. You can say things like, I want to make you 100% happy maybe 80% of your day. Or you might set up and say, you know, if, if you could go throughout your whole day um, and, and maybe only need a little bit of extra help from, from glasses, maybe 10, 15, even, you know, 20% of the time that you used to, would you consider that to be, you know, a success? And uh, having that conversation again in the beginning so they know what to expect is really important. And, you know, it's funny. I always, I always smile as I say it. And I, I think that subconsciously I kind of nod my head, you know, with this grace. And, and they say, yes, it would be. Um, and kind of talk about it that way instead. And um, I'll, I'm going to go back to, um, you know, the fact that don't forget, just because you put a patient in a contact lens doesn't mean that they are a contact lens only patient, right? And I think a lot of doctors and staff, if you don't have that education about, you know, do you wear glasses and contacts, which I totally <laughs> 
stool from you, April, and I have my front desk ask that now and they're setting up appointments, um, you know, that we get ourselves in a spot where we feel like the patient has to say, you know, this, this does meet all of my needs 100% of the time or else it's a, it's a fail, right? So there might be times that they have a really busy day at work and they're going to be, you know, looking at spreadsheets all day and, you know, that might be a glasses day. And I have a lot of um, athletes in contacts that usually were multifocals, but sometimes, you know, if, if they're playing a certain sport, you know, during your games, they also have distance only lenses and you have to leave the door open for more than one possibility. And now you've got a patient that actually uses more than one product. And I think that's a, a real home run. I love it. You know, it's so important to help them to realize. And what I love about what you said is that you asked for their permission. So that was a question as much as anything else. When you asked them, if I could do this, would that be amazing to you? And you don't get people saying no to that. At least they want to try. And really, I think that's our goal is to get the lenses on their eyes. Absolutely. And um, the other thing that... um it's funny. Sometimes I feel like a broken record, you know, especially when I have the luxury of having a scribe in my room. I'm like, gosh, oh, she's going to hear me say it again. But, uh, I, you know, I tell patients that, you know, you have to have a contact lens evaluation every year because it's a medical device. And, you know, it's a lot easier for me. It takes a lot less time for me to say, you know what, you're doing fine, like you said, you know, like, fine feelings I'm not expressing, right? We've all done <laughs> that. You're doing finding your contacts, you know, it'd be easy to just send you on your way, but because of X, Y, and Z, connect the dots with what their problems were and what you can offer them. I'm willing to put the extra time in because I think I have something better for you. And, you know, do you think that that sounds like a good plan to, to at least give it a go? You know, and like you said, ask their permission, get their buy-in and, I always tell them, you know, worst case scenario, if this doesn't work out, then you can go back to what you were doing. And, you know, it, it breaks down that that barrier that a lot of times patients will have, um, you know, and sometimes they'll say, oh, Dr. Nancy, you tried something new on me before. I know, but this is different, you know. You've got to <laughs> always at least let them know that you're you're looking for new, exciting things. Otherwise, what's the point of them coming back to me next year? Why don't they just try to you know, refill their script online. No, they want to come back to me because they know that I'm always looking out for what's best for them. Absolutely. You know, one of the things you mentioned is the difference between contacts or multifocal contacts and what their experience has been with glasses. Is there any mm -hmm. other uh, tech word or uh, term that you use or mm -hmm. script even to help explain that difference between what they should see or might see with contacts as opposed to glasses? Um, so I like to use that, um, what is it called? That, that little pop-up cube that, that Alcon gives us. I think a lot of people, it's in the part of the multifocal toolkit. Uh, a lot of people might just kind of use it as a little pop-up on a side table in the, the exam room or in the reception room just to generate interest. But I like to actually use that to, to show people the lens design, show how it works. You know, we like to use, different words like simultaneous, you know, viewing or, you know, I exp explain how it's different than your, your, um, I almost said bifocals. None of my patients are in bifocals. Um, it's different than your uh, progressives because you don't have to look in a specific place. 
And also, that means that, you know, at your near vision, it's not you look right here and there's your near vision. It's that your your pupil adapts and you have to neuroadapt and and um, your, your brain kind of has to understand how to use these lenses. So they understand that it's going to be a little bit different. You know, the good thing is they don't have to look in a certain place. They can... They can lay in their bed with their book right on top of their head if they want to, and they'll still be able to see up close. Uh, but it also just lets them know that it's different than what you had before. I love it. You know, one of the things, too, that uh, I like to tell them ahead of time is that I wear the lenses as well. And it's funny because you can tell they kind of watch you. They're looking to see what I can see and what I can't see. Is she acting uh-huh. funny? Does she look up? Does she look down? You can tell that they're really just paying attention. So uh, now we're actually fitting our patient. They've said, yes, I can't wait for you to try these lenses with me. They are going in to put the lenses on. What other language do you use to set their expectations during that process? Or what do you have your team talk about with them during that process? Right. So, um I think that I might do things a little bit differently, uh, like like you know, April, that I rely on my staff, my technicians or my scribes to do a lot of the the time intensive stuff that might might be in the middle during the process. And that's the way that I fit so many multifocal patients is it doesn't really hold me up at all. So my spiel is pretty much, you know, I know that I'm going to be putting them in a multifocal lens before I even refract them because we have that conversation. And like we know from the fitting guide, we have to choose our ad power um, differently than just pulling it off of our glasses prescription. So we've already discussed um, that the lenses are an option. And then I get my prescription. I decide what my contact lenses are that I'm going to pull. And I say, you know, Sabrina's going to take you out into the contact lens area. We're going to put in these lenses. And, you know, if your vision isn't perfect right off the bat, don't worry. Because it is going to take a little bit of time for you to neuroadapt to these lenses. And then I do the really super nerdy thing where I show my pupil looking far away and up close. And I show them how, depending on where you look, your pupil size changes. So that's how these are going to allow you to see clearly at all distances. But it's not going to happen right away. So, um, you know, I always make a joke about it, you know, and say, like, when I walk by, you know, I don't want you to, to shake your fist at me and say, what did you talk me into? Just take a couple minutes and walk around. And then after you've had them on for about five or ten minutes, just, you know, checking out the optical, we'll pull you back and we'll see if we need to refine it. And that has just done, it's done wonders for me. And, you know, if, if I didn't have that conversation the same thing would still happen, right? The patient would still go out, put the lenses on, sit, and then I was, I'd still come back and over-refract them. But I think that you just have the patient in a more positive mindset because they know what to experience. And they're not, they're not sitting there looking, you know, at the tiny little contact lens box, you know, saying, oh, I can't read this, like spinning themselves into a tizzy before I even come out, you know? Right. Yeah, no, you're right. So, Amanda, we've kind of talked through some of the scripts and and terminology you use before fitting and during fitting with your patients to set expectations. Walk me through uh, some of the terms or even just mention, are there any terms you specifically want to bring up every time you talk to a patient and then those that you avoid? Yes. So just just tying everything up in a nice little bow, 
terms that I love are functional vision. I like to talk about, you know, what's going to help you function during your day that's going to give you um, the visual skills you need, whether if it's watching your kids, baseball game, or at your desk at your office. And I talk about adaptation. Again, talking about the fact that it's going to change over time. And even though your vision is great right now, it's only going to get better from this point. Uh, and I hate saying compromise or trade-off because I don't want people to feel like they're giving things up because they're not, you know, and people think about that, you know, if, oh, if I put someone in a multifocal, they're not going to be able to have that really, really great reading vision, you know, well, they can, you know, a lot of my patients are reading 2020 J1, but if they need to see even better for something tiny, my nurses, my doctors, if they need to look at a syringe, they can always throw on a pair of light readers and still have perfect vision. So it's, it's not a trade-off. The only thing that is happening that's a trade-off is I'm taking them away from needing those glasses as a crutch all the time. So I really avoid saying compromise or trade-off at all. It's true. I mean, there's so many things that go on in your head when somebody uses certain terminology. And I think what we're trying to do is really make sure that we don't point the, our patients in a negative area and, and a negative direction. So Dr. Nanasi, I, I hear you talk about scripts and words to use and not use. And, you know, I think that some of our listeners are probably going to be thinking, who has the time? And, and when, when do you practice this? How do you get better? So any ideas, any tips for us on that? So when I'm first starting to, um, to add something new to the practice and if, if, you know, jumping into fitting the outcome multifocal portfolio is something that you see value in, I would really set aside time to educate the whole staff and get everyone on board, whether if it's during a, a team meeting that you would have normally um, or if you want to set up something different or if you want to bring in, you know, the Alcon team to do a multifocal roadshow, really make sure that you get everybody on board um, knowing what's going on. And if, if you can't make that happen, there's always downtime where, you know, maybe for me, right, I'm in a six-doctor practice, and I was the first one that really started to fit a lot of the daily total one multifocals. So I kind of perfected my own lingo and craft with my um, my technician and my scribe. Anytime we would have downtime, I would discuss, you know, and we would practice and just get used to saying things. And, you know, you got to think, if, if I've got downtime to talk to my scribe, that's time that I could be using a little bit more time with my patient to building in more value for that exam that I'm giving them so they know how much I care about their needs and I have the time to educate them properly about, you know, the lenses that I'm prescribing them and, you know, really maximize your overall experience by practicing. And I think that if you want to build up your patient base in general by referrals or uh, if you want to build up your revenue per patient, as we discussed, there's there's really no better way than than making your patient become a multifocal contact lens patient. You are so right. And, you know, don't be afraid. I would tell our, our uh, listeners as well, don't be afraid to call a meeting on the moment at the, what's the word I'm looking for? At the spur of the moment. And, and the reason yeah. is you don't know. There are days when you're super busy. There are days when you're not. 
you don't have to plan it a week ahead. You can just call everybody in and say, hey, this is one of the pillars of our practice. We truly believe this is where we want to focus our attention. And because of that, because multifocal contact lens patients are so important to us, as are all, but because this is a key area in our practice, let's spend some time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, let's get together and let's just walk through this and let's role play. So I think that's a great idea and what a wonderful way to take advantage of um, the, the time together and creating a, a greater office experience or patient experience as we do that. And what about utilizing these podcasts, right? How many times do I go to a CE event and, um, you know, I get super excited because I'm hearing the lectures and what they do in their practice and how great it is. And then I come back and I tell my staff and they kind of like roll their eyes, you know, like, oh, boy, Nancy's got a new idea. Um, I'm like, no, but if you could just hear it from them, you know, uh, maybe you set them up to hear the same podcast. You know, if anything that Dr. Jasper and I made you feel that you wanted to change what you're doing in your practice, you know, let them hear it as well. And I think that that maybe you can take advantage of that. You know, we both have uh, talked to Jason Miller and uh, heard how he works with patients. He's so amazing. One of the things I've heard him say is, I describe their vision in terms of grades in school. After presbyopia starts, we slowly lose the ability to focus up close. My expectations with multifocal contact lenses are to achieve B plus or A minus vision in the distance and B or B minus vision up close. Single vision lenses often provide A plus vision in the distance and C minus or D vision up close. What do you think of that? You know what I think. Why would you say minus at all? <laughs> I <laughs> That's love, funny. I love, I love describing it as, as great. I really, really do. Um, I think that's really smart and it gives something, you know, for people to wrap their, their heads around a little bit. But I would almost say, you know, an A to a B. I, I wouldn't say minus. Like, just avoid anything negative at all. But I do like this as a really clear, easy way to describe it that, like, like we said, they're not talking about compromise and give and take. They're, they're applying, he's applying great to it. I think it's pretty smart, actually. He's a smart guy. <laughs> so now we've moved to patient being in the lenses and setting their expectations after fitting the lenses. So walk me through that. After fitting multifocal contacts, how do you help your patients understand what they can expect and how to get the most out of their lenses. And some of this we've said, but I like it still to, I like for us to be able to kind of put, a, put, our, put our conversation in the before, during, and after fitting kind of concept. Right. So um, my after will happen after um, they've been in the lenses, they walked around the optical, they had their overfraction by my technician. Um, most of the time, and then they're back in the room um, with that 2040 at least, you know, nothing smaller than that line on the chart, and I, you know, come in, and I'm the cheerleader that walks them down the chart, so we're really excited about how they're seeing, and that's where I say, you know, it, it's only going to get better from here, and I'll tell you, if there's anyone new to fitting these lenses, uh, get that multifocal toolkit from your rep and ask for that tear sheet of expectations uh, for the first week with the contact lenses on uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to really clearly make sure that you don't forget those bullet points that you need to go over with your patient about lighting and 
um, about how um, how the lenses are going to, you know, improve over time with adaptation. Because a lot of times, you know, I, I feel like I'm having an awesome conversation with my patients and, and they're smiling and they're, they're even nodding. And I'm like, are you even... Are you listening to what I'm saying? Like they, they might be excited, but then they, they walk out and they're like, what did you say? And that's even happened with the technician where they said, you know, you walked out and Dr. Uh, Dr. Nanasi, like they, they wanted me to explain again what you said about X, Y, or Z. So I have that little care sheet that I go over with them and then I hand it to them. So it's like their little, their little cliff notes of, of what we discussed. So that's a really, really important tool that I would recommend. That's a great idea. And then helping them to understand that adjustment period is part of that expectation setting you're doing. So do you uh, kind of walk them through anything about how it's not the same for everyone? I mean, does there, is there any conversation about that as well? So my biggest um, thing that I would recommend, um, if you're considering that you, and I'm sure it's happened to all of us, right, where you had a patient that you and lenses and they come back for the check and they're like, why, why are you wearing your glasses or why are you back in your old contacts? And what that will typically be is something like um, they might say, you know, my distance was great, but my reading just wasn't good enough. And that tells me that I didn't do a good enough job setting up expectations because I have to tell them that, you know, this is, it's a work in progress as your vision adapts to this over the week um, you're going to come back. And the reason for that follow-up is for you to tell me where we need to do more work. And I, I will sometimes even tell them, you know, if I have a patient that, um, that isn't successful with the lenses they go home in day one, it might be because they wish they had a little bit more help up close. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to come back with, with these lenses on, and I'm going to take you out into the optical and show you those you know, those flippers again and say better, worse, or the same. And even though they made your distance worse today, next week they might not affect your distance. And if that's the case, um, and again, if I have somebody that's like a super critical viewer that's like, I don't know if this is going to work, I might even, you know, say, you know, get out your phone and then just like show them what plus a quarter different might even be. Um, and they would say, oh, that's better. Or even show them the plus 50, oh, that's better. And that doesn't mean when they come back next week, I'm necessarily going to need to give them plus a quarter or plus 50 because a lot of times after they adapt that initial lens, as we know from the, the data, like, you know, that initial lens is very likely going to be their final lens. But it just, again, just gives them that confidence, breaks down the barrier, and lets them know that it will get better. And if it doesn't get better on its own, we'll fix it when you come back. Don't give up. Very important. And, you know, it's it's interesting. You brought up a point that uh, it's not common, but once in a while, a patient will come in and they won't have their contacts in for their uh, return mm -hmm. visit, their follow up visit. So you start to ask them questions and it turns out they just wanted something a little better at one distance or another. And the first mm -hmm. thing we do is tell them to go put a pair of contacts in. So it, it's it's really um, it has reminded me to make certain my entire team know that patients need to come in wearing their lenses. But like you said, it really goes back to us setting expectations for today's visit and what to expect when they come in the next time. So that's really good. Thank you for that, Amanda. Now, what about 
scripts. You know how I am. I'm just, I, I love, you've, you've mm-hmm. done it as you've talked to us. You've kind of gone through the words you say. But are there any other scripts that you use to set patient expectations? So a specific term, a specific phrase that you use all the time. Okay. I know I'm a rambler, so I'm going to give you a nice, concise one. Here we go. (laughs) So multifocal contact lenses give you vision correction at multiple distances at the same time. This is different from how glasses work. The brain needs a little bit of time to get used to it. Nice and straightforward, um, and it tells them exactly what I want them to know. Um, Here's another one. It'll take time about five to seven days for your eyes and brain to adapt to the new way of seeing that these lenses provide. And it's totally normal. And you should find that the lenses performance will improve during this adaptation period. So again, same thing I talked about, but it takes about two minutes less than what I normally say. I like Um, it. And here's, here's another one. Um, you know, I want you to go and experience these lenses during your normal tasks and activities. One of the most important things that you can do to help adaptation is wear your lenses as much as possible and as many different real-world situations as you can. That way we can get a good idea of when they're working well, when they're working less well, yeah, less well, not, not poorly, just less well, um, <laughs> and make any adjustments from there. That's nice. I mean, it really shows when you have that conversation with your patients that you truly are their partner in this process and that you do expect for them to fulfill their end of this, uh, you know, process as well as you do what you do best. So keywords, tell me again, what are terms you want to use and those that you want to avoid when you go through creating scripts for you and your team? So I want to say improvement and adaptation, and I don't want to say worst vision or blurry. And it it would be easy to say worst vision if you're not really thinking about it. If you say, you know, um, when you go out and do things in in real life, I want you to tell me when it's the worst. Like, no, don't when it's the worst, when, where (laughs) I have um, a chance to make it even better for you, or where do I have the most room for improvement? You know, just keep it positive. Yeah, and I think that, you know, sometimes it's important to even call that out in the office. You know, if they, whether they read the 2020 line on day one or they don't read the 2020 line on day one, you say, you know, you're in my exam lane with this high contrast black and white chart that some some people might get a little bit more shadow off of it or feel like it looks a little bit 3D. And that's the other thing I'll say. It's not really, is, is it that it's blurry or it just looks different it just kind of looks almost extra 3d or and i'll say yeah yeah that's it you know and just say well this this is not where you work this is not where you spend your week and that's why it's so important for for you to go back and give me feedback of how it works in real life absolutely i think that what we've both seen in our practice and what i think makes both of us successful in this area is that we do get excited with our patients, and yet we balance that excitement or enthusiasm with realistic expectations. The terminology is important. We brought that up today. The words you use make all the difference in the world. And it's important, too, that not just uh, myself and Amanda as doctors, that we use that terminology, but that our entire team know the words to use and not use. And, you know, the only way you really know that we've all got it figured out is to listen to each other. 
I want my staff, I want my team to tell me when I slip up and say something that may not have come across the right way. And they know that they have the freedom to give me that feedback and I'll do the same for them. And I think then the uh, other thing is, how do we really help our patients to understand that this is a partnership? I'm going to do what I can to uh, fit them in a lens and do the best job as a doctor. But in the end, and I think what you've made very clear is that it's important for them to know that they're a part of this process. Amanda, thank you so much. You've been awesome. And your words of wisdom from your personal experience in your practice, I think, are so impactful. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, April. It's fun sharing something that I love doing so much with other docs. And I I hope that, you know, you, you go back to your practice and... Even if you can, you know, get one patient a day wearing, wearing a new modality that can, that can work so much better for them in their life, you're gonna, you're gonna make great changes, not only for your, your patient, but for your practice. And once you do it once, it just keeps getting easier and easier. It really does. Absolutely. So for all of you listening, thank you again to Dr. Nanasi for your words of wisdom from your personal experience. And then thank you to Alcon for sponsoring this podcast.